morning, John. Hey, let's talk for a minute before we start the taping. Why? Because you said that you were uh, depressed. <laughs> and that you just rolled out of bed at 10 o'clock. Let's talk for a minute before we talk. No, no, let's just, let's, let this be the show. <laughs> oh no! That's that's a good opening. That's a good opening to the show. <laughs> You're doing all right, buddy. Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, does does my voice sound sleep roughened? Yeah, yeah, you sound. <laughs> I think that everybody, when they wake up in the morning for for at least a, for at least three seconds to as much as an hour, sounds a little bit like Johnny Cash. Yeah, well, um, that's that was his secret. He was always taking naps. Oh, he's just waking up from a nap. Yeah, every he would take two, it was like two minutes, two minute nap, three minutes awake, two minute nap. That's why uh, so many of his songs were so short. Because <laughs> he wants, because he had to record a lot of songs, so he had to take a lot of, a lot of naps. Especially in the early days, they only had so much time in the studio. Yeah. So, if you listen to the whole tape, it's it's snoring, and then <laughs> the bass. The bass wakes him up, and he starts singing whatever comes to his head as he wakes up. Yeah, that's where um, that's where Flavor Flav got the uh, cut the alarm clock thing because uh, Johnny, Johnny Cash had also, to have he had to have one around yeah. his neck to wake him up every five minutes. Flavor Flav was Johnny Cash's manager. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he got his start in the biz. Everybody's got you got every you know, everybody's got a, a way into the business. Yeah, definitely. Those, those For stories. Flavor Flav, it was his older brother Johnny Cash who, <laughs> who gave him the gave him the leg up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, would that it were so. Oh, yeah. I'm fine. I uh, uh, did we talk about uh, did we talk about uh, last time that. The fact that I I quit drinking at home, or was that off the air? You don't remember. Uh, you said you said a few times in your life that you were going to stop. <laughs> oh my! I don't have the chronology. Right. <laughs> no, um, uh, it, and I haven't I haven't quit completely, but um, we decided not to have booze in the house anymore. Just you were uh, you you you've always been a uh, I would never say you're a you're a, a even really a drinker, but you might characteristically have a beer after dinner every night. That's where you're wrong. Oh. <laughs> I was I was having a lot more than a beer after dinner. Well, I would I would have two big old bourbons on ice after eight p.m. Yum. was the habit that had that had, that I had begun. Um. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, we, it was just, it was so much, it was so much fun. And it, what I realized was it's very different from a lot of people I've known who, um, have decided they're drinking too much. And again, I don't want to overstate this because, um, it hasn't, I didn't actually like cause problems in my life really just, and, and I don't think I'm an alcoholic, but, uh, but, uh. Um, just for my health, I thought it would be a good idea to cut back. Um, right. Like you might but, decide to eat less bacon. Yeah. You, <laughs> or be a vegan. If you were, have a vegan if you household, were crazy. For example, such a yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, actually, Rain is still mostly vegan. She's um, she's flexible about it. If somebody, so, you know, somebody serves her some meat at a dinner party, she just eats it. But in, in principle. Uh, you go to she, a lot of dinner parties as a result. <laughs> 
<laughs> out hustling invitations. Uh, yeah, yeah. And one of my favorite parts of any dinner party is when my wife rushes to the bathroom to loudly. <laughs> no, um, no, it's not a pro- it's not a problem. But she's actually stuck to it. Um, uh, but in my case, it it. I think for most people I've talked to who uh, have had an actual drinking problem, it would often take the form of um, going out at, to, to bars all the time, disappearing to bars, drinking a great deal. No, you disagree? Oh, that's me. I mean, oh, all right, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't drink at home. Yeah, I very rarely drink at home. But if I if I go out, there's a danger that I'll have too much. Yeah, and it's the opposite for me. Although I used to occasionally drink too much when I was out. Um, I got. I kind of tended to get tired of that, especially after we moved out here. Because now I can't. There's no bar I can walk to, so yeah. I have to drive home. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drink enough to impair my driving, which is to say, I'm not going to become drunk. So, uh, so for the past like eight years, I've not become drunk in a bar unless I was like at AWP or something. So, um, which is why I'm often found uh, in the spring. Uh, asleep in the middle of a street in some, in some American city. You started attending AWP conferences. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's why. <laughs> that's why you go to AWP. Um, uh, anyway, um, I realized that, like, I the thing that I was kind of hooked on was that was that uh, you know that vector towards the end of the day. It's it, it, where it just um, for both of us it felt just great to put the day behind us after dinner and um, just go kind of sliding gently to semi-oblivion. You know, I'm speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for Rhea. Right. But, um, but uh, and, and so that was what drinking was for me. And I, I definitely did it every single night. I would rarely become um, visibly intoxicated. But then again, I was always just sitting on the sofa reading Anyway, I didn't think it would be a big deal to because I, I wanted to, you know, I felt a little unhealthy and uh, and there were other reasons and I didn't think it would be a big deal. But my body reacted mm. to this chemical change yeah. with l- ludicrous intensity, horror and disgust. Yeah, well, that certainly and sadness. Actually, I was I was reading on the. Um, <laughs> Uh, 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 Rian, in response to my to my change in mood, um, found a yeah. quote on the internet. S- someone who quit drinking saying at the beginning, "It feels it feels like your best friend has died," <laughs> 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 and I didn't want to. I didn't want to think it was that important to me. But Jesus, that's exactly how it felt. It was, um, you know, I'm, and this has been it's been more than a month, and I still feel this like emptiness every evening, um, yeah. even though the people. I love and the things I enjoy doing are identical to what they were before. I'm no longer pouring a great deal of liquor into my body. So anyway, that's why that's why I've been down. That's well, how, you I, know what your your body will um, in time probably maybe even tomorrow uh, is on the verge of feeling much better. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. and I think I already. Am beginning to it's I'm sort of and you know I've never been depressed I've been very 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 lucky lucky not to suffer from that Um, though most of the I'd say a a great number of if not most of the people I love have and do Um, 
And you know the the ways they would describe it have always been. Um, I'd, I've always believed them, of course, but I, I don't think I've ever really yeah. understood it. Uh, but for a couple of weeks, I was it was bad. You were feeling what they had described, what had been described to you. Yes, I was feeling what had, yeah. what they had described to me. So the lead. Uh, yep. The hour of lead. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you've been. Dr- that's a uh, Dickinson. I did not know that. That's very good. Hour of, hour of lead. And it's not Dickinson. It is, uh, part of our title list. <laughs> okay. It's an Itzkoog quip. <laughs> that maybe, just maybe, a podcast will be named after someday. Hour of lead. <laughs> That'd be, be an unpopular podcast. <laughs> Popular with metallurgists. Um. <laughs> Uh, alchemists <laughs> and uh, pipe fitters. <laughs> Thank you. I tell you, you know, so I, I uh, you know, in the last, since having a kid and just getting older, I drink a lot less. And one thing I noticed is, uh, you know, because I'll go a month between a drink, mm-hmm. is uh, sort of senses of smell and taste return to me that I had, I think, began to. Uh, uh, inhibit at fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> I just be, be able be began to be able to taste and smell things better. Um, and and suddenly you realize that many of those things were covered with a child's feces. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it was not as though I suddenly began working in a florist's <laughs> or a cemetery, but a uh, <laughs> the uh, waste the, uh, management station. Oh, I wish. Oh, but I'll tell. I'll tell you. In in, this is the the running theme lately. What has ruled my life and made me feel more helpless than anything. (laughs) Let's hear uh, it. Is going through the uh, uh, the final stages. I think. I hope of potty training. Yeah. And uh, and Oscar finally made some headway in that direction (laughs) yesterday. Is that does that literally mean going to the head? Making he pooped in the the toilet. It was about three in the afternoon. Oh man! Magical, magical time. Marking on my calendars. We bought him some balloons, a lollipop. (laughs) Now he thinks he's that's gonna happen every time he takes a shit. Yeah, (laughs) doesn't it happen to you? He'll be forty three. Where's my lollipop? (laughs) In the in the uh, restroom of a bus station. Where's my lolly? (laughs) (laughs) Um. Anyway. Yeah, that's Uh, congratulations. That is that's big. Yeah, it's pretty big. big. Um, but I'll tell you yesterday though, I felt uh, I'll tell you a little story. I want. I want. Uh, that's what this is for. So I went to uh, have the day, just be an Oscar. This was Friday. This was Friday, I guess. Um, a lot of things. One of the pleasures of living in a city is there's a lot of things to do. Okay. Right. Live in the country. There's less things to do. City. There's a lot of things to do, and it's a new city to me, and so I find myself. Um, you know, wanting to, to, to find new things to do and finding sure. like lists of activities in the newspaper or, um, you know, events calendars or uh, I'm very susceptible, in other words, to uh, press release advertising and taking people's word that something is going to be worth going to. Okay. It's holiday season. We needed to get a star for the top of our tree. We could also use a tree skirt. You know, we've, when we moved around, we've had 
you know, we've lived in a different place almost every year for the last 12 years or something, right? And so our Christmas... Were you, uh, were you in Portland, but in the temporary place last year? I mean, Seattle last year. Okay. Missoula before that. Seattle before that. D.C. Yeah, different places. Um, so our, our supply of Christmas junk is, is modest. Right. right. A few ornaments, uh, a, a unworking strand of lights. Yeah. So still, nonetheless, managed to fill like five or six boxes of things. We've been moving around from place to place. Um, so we needed a star, and so we needed something to do with Oscar. And there was uh, one of the things that was listed of the of the thirty or forty fantastic things that were listed: Christmas cruises down the the, the Willamette River, oh. uh, various things with Santa, things with people singing. There was a thing called the Christmas Bazaar, the billed as the largest Christmas bazaar in the world. All right. Sounds great, right? At the Portland <laughs> Expo Center. No, it does not, but all right. <laughs> well, no. no. There, the listings indicated that it was happening and that it was large, although the website for it was a year or two out of date and bad. Uh-huh. Uh, but I thought, well, it's, it's, it's charming. It'll be arts and crafts and things. Right. So we go to the Portland, <laughs> Expo, Portland Expo Center, which I didn't know existed. Which is huge, and and it's between the racetrack and the speedway, uh, <laughs> okay. in the place that, that was the historic Vanport, which was a uh, post World War II African American community, one of the largest on the West Coast. That was flooded out, uh, perhaps intentionally, in the fifties, and uh-huh. thousands of people died. So that's where they built the Expo Center. <laughs> and so Merry we dri- Christmas. We drive over there. Eight dollars to park. Seven dollars to get in. Have to walk through a field of goose shit to get in. Oscar has goose shit all over his shoes. And uh, we walk in, and there's a, a, a very modest model train, uh, like a portable model train display in the lobby, mm-hmm. which is one of the things that they were saying: trains, Santas, you know, thousands of, you know, Christmas booths. So we saw the train, which is about the size of a dinner table. I mean, like the display was about the size of a dinner table. And we go in, and there is not, there's not like one booth that just has like some ornaments or uh, anything even tastefully Christmas-like. Mm-hmm. There's a few things that have Christmas things, but they're all like naughty Santa or like dirty <laughs> things or, or like uh, uh, ornaments with uh, the Seahawks logo on them. <laughs> And everything else, it's like the worst part of a, of a county fair or a state fair, like the part that's not goats or rides, but just <laughs> like acres of vinyl flooring and hot tubs <laughs> and nothing seasonal or Christmassy about it. And yet the place is crowded. There are no children. Um, crowded what? with white people. Well, some children. But, I mean, just crowded with um, what I – and this I'll say this because it's going to pay off – with – well, I think just some of the trashiest white people I've ever seen <laughs> anywhere. You know, just this caricature of of uh, of of how bad you know white people can get. I mean, like not 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 like murderously bad. It's not like the Klan rally, but there's. I can imagine that a political survey would would be very unpleasant. I think that not like the not like the Klan rally is is really a very low bar that you're setting yeah. for your Christmas expo. A lot of um, a lot of people who don't leave the house very much 
people you don't see on television, people you don't hear on radio. I mean, people you don't see um, anywhere. I mean, a lot, a lot of bad stuff. But I think everybody has a little bit of money, right? They're coming to buy something. Um, a lot of uh, old ladies pushing kids' strollers that have dogs in them. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of sports gear. It looks, it looks, it looks like um, an animated mugshot gallery. It looks really bad. <laughs> and we're walking around, and I end up like, there's nothing. I, I needed to get a, a star. That's our mission. Oscar's looking everywhere. Where's the star? And uh, we don't end up finding one. But we do find the Santa. Um, there's a little bit of a line and uh, Oscar's not sure what to do about Santa and yet. The, the, there are other children in the line. There's a few other children, not many. All right. uh, and just to make it trashy, there's, they're like if, if, uh, if you don't want to take a picture with Santa or this, the picture's too, line, too long, you can uh, take a picture with one of the princesses and they have some very trashy looking princesses <laughs> that you can take a picture with. Where, where do princesses fit into the, to the don't Christmas... Know. I don't know. They weren't recognizable. They weren't. I don't think that. Uh, what's what's the list of the British list of royalty? There's you know, somebody <laughs> maintains a register. I'm yeah. good on the register. Um, uh, <clears throat> this is what in in the like when we go to a Renaissance festival. Yeah. When we go, I'm saying because everybody's <laughs> right, been right. everybody's been to one. Um, like uh, in 500 years, this is what will be the like your 21st century festival. Right, will be these booths selling leaky hot tubs and vinyl flooring. <laughs> yeah, and these people in uh, like uh, old men in shorts and uh, 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 Seahawks bomber jackets. <laughs> um, uh, so we're in line and. Uh, and I'm feeling pretty. I'm feeling pretty fancy. I'm like I'm walking around here sure. with a college degree, <laughs> and sure tucked in, <laughs> and uh, uh, and uh, you know I've got this adorable child with me, well groomed, yeah, yeah, promising. You know, I'm feeling um, you know a lot of class privilege in this place. Yeah, less less like an unemployed poet than you've. And then I noticed that Oscar time. has yeah. peed on the floor. Yeah, oh! Right. right. Then, then, then Oscar pees on the floor <laughs> for Santa, and it mingles with the goose poop on his shoes and leaves the most unimaginably foul crud <laughs> on the floor oh, right next to him. And he doesn't even really notice. <laughs> but other people are noticing it. Of course they are. Oh. And I, I kind of hustle him into the bathroom, which is not very far away, to kind of clean him up before attending to the pile of to the pile of goose poop and child urine yeah. on the floor in the Santa line. And I kind of I look in the the mirror in the bathroom and realize <laughs> that uh, um, that I am uh, you know kind of a, a significantly overweight white person <laughs> holding his his you know undiapered child. <laughs> Over the uh, sink, you know, trying to you know w- w- wipe him off, um, and and go back and, and leaving an unintended pile of foulness and filth in the line for a Santa. I realized that I was the trashiest person there. I was the trashiest person there. There was no one there worse than me. No one. And and and. 
and I get the daily double for having felt so highly and mighty, <laughs> high and mighty, beforehand. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it. <laughs> that was our Friday. No, that's a lie. I'm delighted to hear it. Um, did Friday you, with Oscar. Did you uh, Did you bring home a, a Seahawks uh, tree topper? No, no, didn't bring anything home. No, didn't get so any. okay, except for a picture, except for except for after changing Oscar into some clean pants, he sat on Santa's lap, told him okay. that he wanted a Spider Man toy, <laughs> and uh, smiled for the camera. We went home with a nice, nice Santa picture. All right, that was worth. No, it wasn't, but yeah. still, I'm glad you got it. Um, so tell me if this expo was not really about Christmas. What is it an expo of? Is it just a random bunch of stuff that you could buy people for Christmas if you wanted? I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, <laughs> we've recovered a little bit. Recovered a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm but how, how low I had fallen from a, a week or two before when I had gone to the Miami Book Fair. That was what I was next I was going to ask you about. In Good the, lap, the lap of... of uh, literary uh, respectability. Yeah, you seem very pleased with that trip. It was it was great. It was uh I'll tell you it 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 made me face the fact that in the last 3 years since having Oscar I have fallen quite a bit behind in my reading. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I'm determined to not so much catch up but re reengage with uh book objects and reading them more or less to completion and having some opinions about them and and uh, being less of a, a hermit in that sense. Well, where are you starting? Um, well, um, Michael Clune. Have you read Michael Clune? Have we talked about Michael Clune? I don't remember, but um, I don't think I've read him. K-L-U-N-E? He has, he has C-L-U-N-E. He has a new book that you will... Uh, I think you'll adore. He number one. Called he Game looks. Life. He looks familiar. Uh, some no. photos of him popped up. He looks familiar, but he's also squinting in all his photos, as though uh, the um, the photographer's back is to the setting sun. He, he has that kind of expression. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, um, what's the name of the book you're Game uh, Life? Okay, hold on. I have it right here. In fact, he did. He also write this. He also wrote this heroin book. He wrote a heroin book, and he's he's a a lit, like maybe lit in philosophy professor, and has written some uh, academic uh, work as well. Um, but it's a it's a memoir about mostly MS DOS computer games. Oh, Bard's Tale Two, and things like that. Oh, I'm buying the crap out of this right this second. But it's also um, terrifying. Yeah? Uh, he has his magnificent style of writing. Uh, uh, a very, very powerfully affecting skill just with a few sentences. And he's he's not playing games. It's very straightforward. But um, there's, a lot, there's a lot more going on than just uh, here are some games that I played. Um, there's a lot of, uh, it's a memoir of childhood. 
Okay. And adolescence and the development of the mind and the understanding of suffering and uh, uh, loneliness and imagination and fantasy. Um, and uh, this God reminds me of, of um, my another recent favorite memoir of childhood by a white man that I have read. <laughs> and I, and I, taught, uh, I taught it this semester at Cornell, uh, Kevin Brockmeyer's A Few Seconds of Radiant Film Strip. Have you read this book? I haven't. Uh, you talked to me about it, or I've heard about it, and I, I need to need to read it. I also was thinking of, of Tom Bissell's book. Yeah, um, I like uh, was book. it Extra Lives, which also is is, um, you know, about computer games and addiction. I mean, coke and video games. Right. And this is more about uh, like Zork and heroin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh yeah, the Brockmire is great and it's uh and the funny thing is he um it turns out that he I felt very akin to him as I was reading it. Um and it turns out that he's the guy who reviewed my book Familiar in the oh. um in the New York Times book review and he and I which I hadn't read because I try to avoid them, but it but I read it after reading his book, I read it and um it was it was wonderful. It was a, it was a really good um, he really took the time to try and figure out what I was doing, and it was, and I was, it was very flattering. So I, I actually, I actually figured out he's kind of hard to find out in the world, and I figured out how to get in touch with him and wrote him a nice note about his book. Um, but uh, it is, a, it's a, it's, you know, he had um, an almost terrifyingly similar childhood to mine. The first um, third of the book, I was vexed. Um, because I felt that I ought to have written it, um, because his experiences were so similar to mine as a you know twelve year old, um, we, you know I spent much of my time doing some of the same things that he did, like you know just hiking out into like disused land and climbing over cliffs and stomping through the woods and across cornfields with a couple of guys who didn't really like me all that much. Um, but were my best friends, nevertheless. Uh, the difference in this book comes when the the friends turn on him for no reason, um, which is, I think, why most bullying happens, and it's it's not often dramatized in this way. That it's it not is, a it's not a stranger who is a bully coming up and saying, "Hey, I'm going to bully you." Yeah, it's friends turning on each other. It's friends turning on each other, and. Um, uh, it got to a point where the difference two friends between, turning on a third usually yeah and that's what this is about his two best friends turn on him and they just start repeating everything he says they talk about him in his presence uh and every time he tries to earnestly ask what's going on they start to mock his question and this goes on for a chapter until he has a kind of breakdown in school and um a teacher uh, says, wait here, I'll be right back. And while she's gone um, to go c come back with the principal, the second chapter of the second of the bullying chapters is this fantastical, it doesn't, it's not something that happened. It's not even clear if he thinks it happened at the time. I, I think it's obvious that it's a fictionalization of what he went through philosophically after being broken down to to nothing at this at at the age of twelve, um, in which a figure appears and tells him he can now choose 
either to continue living or to never have existed. And the, the classroom has turned into this, um, this, uh, this sort of liminal space, and it's filled with, it's filled with creatures who are not human, who are go- who are having to make the same decision. So it's not just human beings who enter this space. It's, it's bizarre. It's completely bizarre, and um, it's a move. And, and in, the older I get, and the more I read, and the more I write, the more sadly I think of everything as a series of moves. Um, but the move that he makes there is so surprising, is so not anything I've seen before that um, I, I find it incredibly moving. So I highly recommend the book. My freshmen liked it too. Um, I think they did. They I'll said, look, will, they, said uh, they did. Did you ever see Heavenly Creatures, the Peter Jackson movie? Yeah, that was, a, that was a Kate Winslet's first big movie, right? Was it? Yeah. Your description reminds me of that, the switching back and forth of 11 or 12-year-old girls. Who are eventually are going to murder one of their mothers, right? Yep, yep. Um, but the 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 moving in and out of of fantasy in a cinematic way that is um, that we understand in a similar way is both happening and not happening. Um, yeah, I just I just googled it and I'm looking at some stills yeah. from it. It's that's a really good movie, and of course that's in part what my uh, new novel is about. Um, someone you know causing things to happen by fantasizing about them that so that that place where you kind of know you're making it up um but you don't you don't really believe that you're making it up his thought was it barryman says his thought made his thought made pockets in his plane and his thought made pockets in the plane bucked right (laughs) is the the barryman line his thought that's that's what's constantly happening in barryman's palms is uh, to henry and and yeah. Generally, he imagines something and it happens, right? His yeah, thought yeah. made pockets in the plane bucked. Often he reckons in the dawn them up. Nobody is ever missing. Oh, here. Do you want to see my? You want to see my wife? Oh, here hello. she comes. Good morning. I've got good morning, Rian. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. I'm Thanks, dude. Pancakes. All right. See enjoy. Bye, bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Rian Alice. Three years, her first cameo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, people don't people don't come back into into the studio here. They 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 think yeah. of it as um, my space. Even though I I I like to, I want it to be shared. I would love to come home and find find my children jamming in the studio. But they were in the winter. Do. It's is it chillier back there? Yeah, although I have you know, there's a um the the heat is on a separate cycle back here. So I had, the, uh-huh. I had that done so that I could have a separate thermostat back here. So I don't have to pay to heat it every minute of every day. But what uh-huh. I do is I when, about an hour before I'm going to come in here, I just come in and put on the heat. And, um, Owen complains that his band does practice here sometimes or record here, but, um, they always complain that it's too cold. Yeah. I was listening to another podcast in which some nerds were talking about their houses and, uh, and they started talking about, the temperature they leave the thermostat at and um the consensus was like 70 and what? then it, and then it's like 68 at night it's crazy it is we're, we're it like, is crazy we're like 59, 59 <laughs> wait in the 60. day or in the in the night maybe maybe 60 61 during the the day <laughs> and 59 at night yeah we go 64 in the day 55 at night i've been told 
but no one has ever sort of been able to direct me to to actual evidence for this. That I've been told that it's cheaper to just leave it at sixty four twenty four seven, but I just don't think that's true. No. Especially when your house is as poorly insulated as mine. Yeah. I don't know. Of course, we have, because we have the wood stove, um, we have one room that's like 80 <laughs> at, by, by about 4 p.m., which is peculiar. Um, so now, often in the winter, we don't eat dinner sitting around the dinner table like a normal family. We eat dinner um, with plates around. on our laps in the living room. Uh, like pioneers. Yes, like pioneers. Like pioneers in a cabin. Yes. Yeah. Here's some other, other cats that I uh, uh, met or talked to or heard read or uh, they kind of uh, flipped my wig a little bit in Miami. Yeah, let's hear them. So Adam Phillips, are you familiar with Adam Phillips? He's a psychotherapist. Fiction no. No? Different Adam Phillips. Oh, all right. Perhaps. No, poet? Not a, not a poet, although he writes a lot about poetry. He's a psychotherapist, <laughs> not, philosopher, wait, not a writer. fiction writer, and not a poet. What is he? I know. Well, that's what I was. I was. I was hanging out mostly with Ben Lerner, who was at this thing. Yeah. And the only he said uh, the only thing I only person I want to hear here is Adam Phillips. I was like, well, I've never heard about Adam Phillips. Then I realized okay. that I had. I'd read an, interv an interview in the Paris Review with him a year or two ago that I thought was engaging, but not enough to remember his name. It's just not a. The name does not match the the intellect. Um, it should have a much more complicated name for his, Ooh, his finer uh, writer. I'm looking is. at the titles of the things he's published online, and all of them are very good enticing, titles, yeah. very enticing yeah. in praise of missing them. out. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I just finished that one on monogamy and like uh, other things. Very good, very serious, good good writer. Just a good prose style. Um, and did Challenging. You, did, you, and did you like him personally? Only got did, to talk to him a little bit personally. Did you hang? He was no, we didn't hang. Ben, it, I was I, I was hanging out a little bit above my pay grade <laughs> because of some people that I knew there. Yeah, and and then uh, there was a ceiling, and that ceiling was uh, was not getting to go to dinner with uh, with him and some other. Fancy people. We're getting to meet and talk a little bit. I was impressed. Mm. I, did, I did. I did though. End up in a long conversation several times with Nell Zink. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What's she like? She's uh, uh she's eccentric. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Oh, I'm delighted to hear it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Big brain. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. Very funny. Very sharp. Very smart. I was uh, talking to her a long time. Realized that it was her because I thought I, I didn't I didn't think from from having read the Wall Creeper and then the profile with her that she would be at something like this. Why? That she would. Well, she just didn't. I thought I had the impression that she was one who was trying to, who was reluctant to to publish and suspicious of literary American literary culture and those, those are healthy suspicions, and, sure. Uh, which I which, which I admired, but then yeah. she was she was kind of all in. Yeah, cocktail Sweet. party, hilarious. Uh, I, 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 I shunned AP until uh, AWP until I decided that it's my favorite yeah. thing in the world. I prefer A and P. A and P. <laughs> Not the like story, but the actual. I just picture you alone in the A and P with yeah. your t with your tiny bottles of liquor, looking around, wondering where, and your granola bars. 
wondering where all the writers yeah. are. Where did um, everybody go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little airplane bottles of, of booze <laughs> and my granola bars. So uh, do you recommend her writing? Um, we have a couple of book, her books in the house. Um, Rian started to read them, but found her, I think found her prose style uh, um, to be pushing back on her. I, I don't think I, it... That, 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 that's fair. It's manic. Yeah. Uh, reminds me a little bit of, and may in fact secretly be the same person as that uh, Lives of the Monster Dogs. Kirsten uh, Backus. Kirsten Backus, yeah. Uh, it's even different, but a, a similar kind of. You can, you can tell, you can, you can, you can feel you're attracted to and frightened of the writer's manic delight in what they're writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that it's a little that, that the act is also a little violent. You know. Um, but it's oh, very interesting. interesting. Okay, Angela Flournoy. This book, The Turner House, which then I read in a in two sittings, it was pretty fantastic. It's a new novel, first novel, young writer. Okay, I haven't. I heard of her. I've heard her name. Oh, I've seen this. Uh, this book cover. Young I've, person. Yeah, good book. Oh, and actually, um, it's uh, super cheap for um i know you're not a big fan of amazon but um but uh it's cheap uh -huh. for kindle right now it's three bucks so i'm gonna oh that's good know. yeah i'd recommend it yeah recommend it. a lot of characters big family well drawn a huge family with i don't know like 13 kids and parents and auxiliary people richly uh richly drawn kind of character studies great the story itself is not that compelling oh it's a national book award finalist was it that was, this yeah. this year this year oh i just yeah. i did not pay any attention to the no. awards did you just invoke siri no that beep was on your your end really yeah or somewhere in the two thousand miles between us yeah it's true i think my phone made a noise but i don't know what it meant Anyway, oh, you know what I probably did? I probably said something that um I let me turn oh. the phone upside down. I probably said something that resembles Hey Siri. Siri. Hey Siri. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh well now when you turn when you put your phone face down, um it won't and it won't work. That's your really? that's it's way yeah, the phone knows that it's face down and I guess this is the new version of the OS, or, the, or I have the 6S. Maybe only the 6S does. I, I have no idea. But if if it's face down and you say, hey, Siri, nothing happens. If it's face up, it will respond to you. But I have come to realize, ever since I've, I decided I'll experimentally just turn this on, turn this feature mm -hmm. on and see if I like it. Uh, and I have used it. I used it while, I use it while I'm driving a fair amount. Um, but... Uh, there, it turns out that there are a lot of things that I say that contain Siri, something those, that sounds like phonemes. "Hey Siri," yeah, those yeah. phonemes. So, I, something about the sentence about not paying attention to the uh, National Book Awards must have must have had one of those in it. Yeah. Well, maybe they that's should... that's, that's, uh, that's just one of her trigger words. I should. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's, it wasn't. She's just, ambitious. She gives her, gives her a little shudder. She like listens. Her ears perk up. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I was envious of you. I wanted to be someplace uh, toasty, and I have been longing to be with writers. I I just have not. Um, I've been feeling very detached from 
the world of writing, even from my own mind for the past few months. Part of it is this, um, I was teaching a first year seminar at Cornell and, um, and I gotta say the, what passes for comp at Cornell is, is delightful compared to what, what, uh, people at other universities have to, have to teach. Um, so a lot of my graduate students who have gone on to PhD programs or other academic programs are now out in the world or are doing adjunct work and the stuff they're being asked to teach is is so dreadful. Um, just con content free, like rhetoric classes that have been designed so that they cannot be placed out of, um, through by right. any by any current right. secondary school um uh classes uh which i just just seems very depressing to me and uh, the the way that they're being told they can teach them is very very limited and so there's not much room for what what is fun about teaching a class which is doing it doing it your way and bringing your your own knowledge and personality and philosophy to the table anyway um all that said uh, I haven't taught one of these seminars in a long time. These are the seminars we, you know, we pay our graduate students to teach. And man, it's a lot of goddamn work. Yeah, it is. Um, and I'd, I forget that. It's not that I'd had, not that I needed to renew my respect for my students, whom I adore. Um, but uh, shit, how do they get anything done? I could barely get anything done. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm teaching two sections of it. Yeah. It's a. Uh... It's uh, it's worth doing right. Sure, you know, I think it's the most important class that a lot of students will have. Yep. Um, easy. It's, it's worth doing right. Easy to do wrong. I think you know, easy, it's easy to it's easy to slough off. Easy to. What's a, what's to, a bad uh, way to do it? Well, I mean, it's most the most time intensive part of teaching first year writing is meeting with people one-on-one -on -one. because there's too many students usually and there's yeah. not enough time and uh but it's absolutely critical i think yeah even even just for 10 minutes but if you have i mean for me i have you know 25 or 30 students two sections so to meet with to meet with uh, all those students for one minute would be a lot of time yeah. and to give them the probably the hour that they deserve on a on a paper or something is impossible um but any you know any 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 contact like that is cements everything else yeah everything we, else you do gets gets lost if there's not a couple of one-on-one -on -one meetings which is just not facilitated by any sort of schedule yeah the the um the pedagogy we teach are, are that our, our grad students get taught is that you, they have to have two, there are two required conferences over the semester. Um, I was actually kind of lax about that. A couple of students only came in for one, which is probably a, a mistake I made. The part of the problem is that <clears throat> a lot of the best students, the students who need the least help are the ones who take up a lot of the time because they, oh, they're, yeah, con yeah. they're confident and charming and they want to hang out and chat. They're already... Uh, excellent yeah. rhetoricians. They like talking to people, and they like writing a paper to you. Yeah. Um, and uh, I could talk to one of them for an hour, easy, because uh, yeah. they're interesting young people. Um, and then they, you know, and, and the ones kinda... that have learned how to hide are, <laughs> are the, the, therefore easier for them to hide. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, um, 
so are you is your semester done have you enjoyed it are you glad have, to be back uh, in the classroom I've, I've 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 enjoyed it i wish that um it's fine i wish that there was more money in it sure but uh yeah it's fine i have the finals this week the final consists of them reciting a poem that they've memorized <laughs> good which they oh hate. you're that you're that professor yeah <laughs> um yeah, it's just nice. They've got a nice little, it's a nice little niche. You know, it's a little campus that's building up, and I don't know. We'll see if I last. It's good. Good. Um, although, I mean, the, the problem is I've had to cancel classes because uh, the childcare that's on campus. Um, there's a, a a teacher who who is not interested in helping Oscar get through this potty training difficulty. Mm-hmm. So when he has an accident, I have to go get him. Right. And so I've had to cancel classes. And I'm like, what the kind of what kind of fucking childcare is that? <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not one. So I mean half of what I earn is going into is going to pay somebody to watch the kid while I teach class. And then several times I've had to not teach that class and still pay them. Yeah, that's that not fucked? good. Yeah, that Isn't is. That's fucked. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what, what's what's even more fucked is getting stabbed to death. So yesterday, um, <laughs> okay, this old New Orleans mobster named Frenchy, um, uh, who was uh, I think still an active pimp in his eighties. Yeah. Oh, did you freeze? Did I lose you? Um, no, no, no. I'm here. Was, um, what uh, what was his name again? Was stabbed to death. No, Frenchy. No. Frenchy. Fr- Frenchy Brulette. Okay. Oh God. My God, who that's good. Who published a, a book a year or two ago called Mr. New Orleans, which I recommend. It's an as-told-to book. Oh, man. Mr. New Orleans. Wow, this book is already um, uh, very sought after. It's, oh, yeah. uh You can only get it in, in hardcover used, and it's already get, becoming collectible. The cheapest price on Amazon is thirty two sixty five. Wow, well, that'll be reprinted. May not be worth that, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, Frenchy Brulette. Oh no! So Frenchy came to New Orleans at 17 years old from Marksville, St. Marksville. Yeah, uh, a little country, little town out in the country. He's kind of a bodybuilder, pimp, handsome. Mm-hmm. Uh, fell in with uh, Carlos Marcelo uh, mob, the old the Matranga family, one of the oldest Sicilian organizations in the country um, and maybe one of the more, more enduring because of New Orleans and it's and then Caribbean trade and stuff like that yeah um, and uh, he was uh, not a high level guy but he was he claims in the book to have been around for a lot of conversations and actions uh, uh, related to the assassination of Kennedy in the oh. in the um, in the in the wing of of conspiracy theorists, a conspiracy theory that seems with the years to have the most credibility is that it was like Oliver Stone says planned and executed, uh, not necessarily originated by the New Orleans mob, but facilitated largely by the mobs of uh, Tampa and and New Orleans. <laughs> having been, sort of learned how, to, having got into the business of presidential assassination by being 
encouraged to do so by the CIA to kill Castro, kind of turning it back on uh, on ourselves. If that story, you know, there's there's that 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 fantasy, yeah. um, and and in which uh, um, the Frenchie provides some corroboration. All right, all right. Now that he decides to do so in his 80s, because everybody's dead. Right, right. The the real conspiracy theory is has assassinated everybody else from that time <laughs> through through its variety of means, mostly emphysema. Yeah. Um, so he got stabbed in a, like a little brothel flop house that he was probably running. Wow. In the St. Rock neighborhood. Lived into his 80s, hustling. Hustling for <laughs> 60 years. Frenchie. Holy shit. That's great. They've done, um, they done Frenchie in, John. They've done him in. <laughs> oh, Ed. In. Who, though? Another 80-year-old man? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So that's I... a, that's that is that's Mr. If anybody knows, uh, you know, don't tell nobody. So you you intimated that um you intimated that 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 this uh version of the Kennedy assassination is the is has more recently become the most plausible. What has emerged to support that is like I guess that uh, Frenchie's testimony is part of that, but <laughs> Well, there's been more uh, more corroboration um, of uh, oh, something maybe five or ten years ago emerged that seemed credible of Jack Ruby meeting with Carlos Marcello, the uh, the mob boss of New Orleans, yeah, um, about some labor matters, um, just, you know, a month or two before. That just seems too too weird not to be part of it, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's one I of those really things. Have an I don't have so... a dog in this fight, except for America. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what? Uh, um, you see what? Uh, what's his name's uh, Ted Ted Cruz's roommate said about him? No, but I have heard I have heard f- from some of his uh, uh, Princetonian uh, contemporaries who who knew him that he was uh, a, a very bad at, at cards <laughs> and was a bad sport and and, uh, and 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 wanted to would would only lose would keep playing until he lost everything. And lost so much money that kind of the the hammer came down on a long several long established Princeton uh, card games. Yeah, I think I, I I hope that the that the most important thing he ends up ruining is is a bunch of Princeton card games. What did um, his uh, What did his roommate say? His roommate said, uh, "I don't this this he was quoted. I'm not sure where. Might have been." Um, might have been the Daily Show. His name, this roommate was named Craig Mazin. You know, I want to be clear because Ted Cruz is a nightmare of a human being. 
I have plenty of problems with his politics, but truthfully, his personality is so awful that 99% of why I hate him is just his personality. If he agreed with me on every issue, I would hate him only 1% less. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh. Well, I'll, I'll reiterate my, my prediction. Trump wins the Republican nomination. Establishment figure runs as a third-party figure. Someone like Romney. I still believe that's going to happen. Yeah. Do you, but really, do you really think it's going to be Romney? No, I don't know. It'll be somebody. I, I, think, I don't think it'll be any of the, any, any of the people who, whose names are already in, because everybody's so dirty. And everybody's just, uh, not only are they dirty at this point, they have blood on their hands. Right. I think yeah. a lot of the, the mad the madness of of the of, of the contemporary moment, which is one of the maddest moments uh, in my memory, yeah. um, I think is 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 uh, is, is partly is, is significantly due to the the rhetoric around the Republican nomination. Yeah. It feels very feels very nineteenth century up in here. Mm-hmm. You know? It feels like uh with the syphilis, yeah, <laughs> it feels like a bygone age. And, and people and, eating sandwiches around a wood stove. <laughs> yeah, that's how it feels. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really strange, and I, I, I'm afraid of it, and I have been disengaged from it for the most part. Um, it has it has deepened this, my sense of helplessness that uh, that was um, ingrained in me back in the Bush years, and that the Obama years have done little to ameliorate. Um, yeah. Not that I, not that I think that Obama's a bad president. I think he's been pretty pretty damn good. Um, I I I was lucky not to have had the hopes for him that a lot of liberals yeah. did. Oh, I think a good a good president in a in a bad era. Yeah. 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 Um <clears throat> but uh okay, well it's it's been marked. You've, marked. you've made your you've made your prediction. I wanted to say it twice just in case people didn't But you in think case you didn't, you, in case you didn't hear me last time. But you but you think Hillary is going to beat the uh Oh, I have no question. Yeah. I have no question. Okay. I mean that's not that doesn't fix things. Does it seem to you she's kind of laying low while she allows the Republicans to to look as ridiculous as possible? And she, yeah, absolutely. She had to kind of uh, step forward a little bit to make sure that Joe didn't run, I think. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, she had to kind of ruffle her, make a little display yeah. to, to, keep, uh, to keep him out. I didn't realize uh, that he was even seriously considering it. Oh yeah, yeah, a month or two ago. Yeah, yeah. as much as he seriously considers anything. <laughs> you know? I love what the Onion has done with him over the past over the past eight years. They've, they have they've done little news stories about him doing things like holding a yard sale in front of the White House, or you know having mm-hmm. a you know having a beer party, or I can't remember what they are, but. Um, they've, they've they've given they've given us a, a pretty delightful rendition of his personality. Well, he he would he would have been a fun president. But also, he's he's like Lincoln. I mean, he's had more personal tragedy than most people get. As as did Romney, for that matter. So it's kind of, you know, 
you know, lost a lot of their family over time, kids um, and wives. Yeah, and I I like dogs. him very much. Um, yeah. Kids, wives, and dogs. Yeah. Here's a, here's just a sample. It's a Tom T. Hall song. Uh, kids, Biden. wives, and dogs. <laughs> is it really it's or a new song by be? new song by Tom T. Hall? <laughs> Here's a few few of the headlines. Um, Biden huddling with closest advisors on whether to spend two hundred bucks on Scorpions tickets. Uh, <laughs> Biden offers government post to Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Uh, <laughs> Biden arrives early to set up the State of the Union fog machine. <laughs> Oh, they um, turn him into a, a, like a gothy metal guy? <laughs> a a kind of dis enthusiastic but disreputable white trash guy. Biden uh, tossed uh, out of car, passing by White House. Uh, <laughs> Biden loses control of butterfly knife during commencement speech. <laughs> Biden frantically Biden frantically hitting up cabinet members for clean piss. <laughs> 200 bucks is too much to pay for a scorps show <laughs> i'm glad that's your takeaway it is too, it is too much that would be if you yeah. were his advisor you would tell him that i would say that's too much try see if you can't get a ticket for 50 all right this might be the best one actually <laughs> biden scores 800 feet of copper wire <laughs> Something's in a Dennis Johnson story. Yeah. Uh, so good. Hey, isn't that um, your wife up there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. He's coming back to uh, Cornell for a reading in the spring. I tried to get him to come back to actually teach for a semester, but he couldn't do it. Because he had said he was never teaching again. Yeah. And the the faculty was like, "Well, you got to ask." He's, he's teaching this semester in Idaho. Yeah, well, that's why he. But I think it's close to home, though. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I think um, he still has teenage kids. Um, did you read the Laughing Hyenas or whatever it was called? The last book. Last book. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, some monsters, a, right? It was a thirty-three and a half uh, series book about the Laughing Hyenas. No, who are the Laughing Hyenas? Oh, that was a band. If you don't know, I thought you would was know it a real band? Hyenas. Uh, no, I'm I'm making a, a joke. Damn! I can't remember the name. I can't remember the name of the book except that "Laughing" is in the title, like the "Laughing Monsters" or something. "Laughing Monsters," I think. You had me excited. Yeah. That would be great. A, a, a Dennis, a Dennis Johnson, thirty-three and a third. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? You don't know the "Laughing Hyenas"? <laughs> no. They were a good band. They're a little loud. Once again, are you serious? Uh, Laughing Hyenas was a band. Oh, okay. very good. All right. I saw the Laughing Hyenas play with the Afghan Whigs. Oh, okay. In the in the uh, in, in, in the Hashinger Hall. Oh, there they are. In Lawrence, Kansas. There are. Um, I thought La- I thought you would. I thought you would get the. Uh, I thought that you were savvy about <clears throat> '90s rock history, John. I thought that. Uh, Apparently not. You'd be right there with me. With the hyenas, yeah, apparently not. Here they are. I don't know any of these records, um, but they were a thing from uh, eighty-five to ninety-five, which is my era. Yeah, I thought that, my uh, era of influence. In your, in your uh, um, wheelhouse. Files. I was trying to figure out some way to not say wheelhouse. Yeah. I uh, 
I want to I want to tell you about something excellent that I ate. <laughs> okay. Excellent place that I ate. Uh, it was called the the Bali Cafe. Yeah. In Miami. Okay. Miami. Miami. Downtown. Bali Cafe. A lot of sauces. Like Bollywood. No. B A L I, like the uh, <laughs> Indonesian, the Indonesian of uh, island. I should have thought of that. Why did I immediately think B O L L Y? Ah, you ever here had it is. Balinese food? I've never no. had it before. I never have either. Sauces. Sauces. Mm-hmm. Great sauces. <laughs> I, think I, sh- I think my new ringtone should just be you going sauces. 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 Colorful sauces. <laughs> you like sauces? Have some sauces. Are you ready for sauces? Then let's have sauces. <laughs> uh, and I found a nice bar in Miami. Yeah. Called The Corner. Went there several nights in a row. Okay. Uh, I would say one of the best bars in the country. Whoa. I put it there with Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge uh-huh. in New Orleans. Oh, I, I like the... With, um... I put it there with Shea Ray in Los Angeles. I put it there with the Chanticleer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very wise. This looks like a lovely, a lovely time, even though they use the word vittles on the window. Yeah. I do like the crest that has what are these? A couple of sea lions, walruses? It can't be walruses. There's no touch. Uh, I think they're manatees. Manatees, yeah. Um, uh, very cute, very cute. I like it. Great what bar. did you? What'd you do? For, what'd you do for Thanksgiving? What'd you eat on Thanksgiving? I'm, you, had, I'm sure you're going to want to tell me more about the bar, but I'll tell you more about hanging out with Paul Giamatti and David Strathairn in a minute. But Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving was it was probably the best food I've ever had at Thanksgiving. Wow! We had it at uh, the in-laws' house, and it was just uh, the in-laws and and Jill and Oscar and and Jill's sister and her boyfriend and, and the kids. Nine people. Uh, Jill's uh, uh, my sister-in-law's uh, boyfriend is uh, runs a food cart, a food truck, Ooh. making Philly cheesesteaks for seventeen years in downtown Portland, but is a Culinary Institute. Trey Guy can is a really excellent, excellent cook professionally, and he made a lot of the sides. And it was some of the best. I was I've always been a little skeptical of my in-laws' dedication to stuffing. <laughs> it does not seem to match my family's dedication to stuffing. It's the entire premise for these holidays is to eat to get to eat stuffing and then to make enough that um there are several days of cold stuffing that you can eat out of tupperware yeah standing at the kitchen table watching cnn okay you know at two in the morning but uh the stuffing was excellent it was great stuffing we made some pies joe made a chocolate pie chocolate cream pie it's very good Mm-hmm. Good turkey. It's a good Thanksgiving all around. All the standard things. Mine's uh, stuck in a rut, I think. Um, yeah. My mother has uh, 
she's kind of taking it over, uh, and she makes the same things every year, um, which is fine in theory, but she's finding more and more ways to make the process more efficient. She sets the table three days ahead of time. And uh, cooks now is cooking the turkey on Wednesday. She is slicing it up, yeah. throwing away the carcass and the skin so that all we have are plates of, of sliced meat, puts them in the fridge, steams them on Thursday. You can do that. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. However, uh, and I'm and I I want to hear this. I want to hear the story. I don't think that's how but... the pilgrims did it. <laughs> I don't think the pilgrims did much of what we think they did. But okay. Um, uh, oh hell, I forgot what I was going to tell you. Oh, my friend Laurel, her family did a thing that made me envious on Thanksgiving, and I want to do it on Thanksgiving, and that is they went to Disneyland. That's a bold stroke. They had Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Had Thanksgiving dinner at Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, And it was, it was just the just uh, her, her sister, and her parents. Um, and they, it was like a little family reunion. You know, they just did a little thing they were going to do together. It was at mom's request, and I think the the initial thought was, they're humoring, their mother for this eccentric desire. But it ended up being awesome, uh, yeah. and uh, they were they were shocked at how many people had the same idea. It was not a ghost town. Uh, what does Goofy said, taste like? <laughs> <laughs> like chicken, actually. And how do you prepare it? How do you prepare a Goofy? At <laughs> what temperature is a Goofy considered done? <laughs> Ew. Ew. Anyway, tell me about um tell me about Jamadi and Strathern. What happened? Well, I, 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 um well, so the last night at the Miami Book Fair. Yeah. So we go I'll I'll tell you that that I'll tell you that at uh um at seven o'clock I was preparing to go to bed. Saturday That's early. Night, had uh um I had to give my reading in the morning. Yeah. And I was uh, uh, tired. I had a hotel room. It's nice. I'd had a full day. I got to. I got to do what I mainly wanted to do there was just kind of drink coffee and talk to some writer friends. And I tried sure. to do that that day. It was very nice. And then uh, I was about to go to bed. Then uh, there was a a uh, like a, a, a party for the you know, authors and participants and supporters. Um, that was only a couple blocks away. Mm-hmm. I was going to be at this. Like this uh, cultural center, it was just a short walk. So I thought I'd pop over. I was a little hungry. I thought maybe there'd be some finger food at it. Uh, so I'm walking over to it and run into my my friend, the poet Albert Goldbarth, Uncle Al. Yeah, uh, who is a, a, I think a genius, one of the great. He is the heir to Evan Cannell, I think. Wow. As a, uh, a essayist and poet. Um. I think consciously, I, I know that his that's his uh, that is a model for him. And so, uh, having a, a delightful time walking over with 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 Albert, um, and we get to where the party's supposed to be, and it's not there. 
it had gotten rained out, although it wasn't raining that heavy. Uh, and they'd moved it to a, a, an alternate location, which was back down at the book fair, which is down mm-hmm. at Miami-Dade College, which is another 10 blocks away. And uh, already kind of in it to this point, we thought, well, I guess we'll grab a cab and go down there. Right. Should have just gone back to bed. Because um, I wasn't, uh, the reason I was going, because it was close. I was going because right. it was nearby, right. which was well planned. Uh, turns out, no, it was, it was, I mean, not that super far, but, you know, it was, it was a greater investment. So we get there. Then it starts raining more heavily. Yes. And and the party is just kind of in a, a band shell with a, a little bit of cover in front of it so that you had to stand close to the stage. <laughs> okay. Or get wet. Yeah. And on the stage was the band and the, the rock bottom remainders. Okay. You're, you're, which so you're is the, did the you band say... that is occasionally convened by Amy Tan, Dave Barry, and Stephen King. And Stephen King historically, although he was not at this one. Yeah. Uh, but there were there were enough assholes to <laughs> fill out the band. <laughs> Mitch Album, Ablum, um, a lot of you know best selling popular authors. Right. By the John way, you Grisham, should know. I think, or you no, should know Scott Turow, you... I think, was one of you... them. You should know that when you uttered the the name of the band for the first time yeah. this entire Skype call, yeah, and went uh, out for a sec. You went out for a second, and you it was unintelligible. It's almost as though, yeah. Anyway, go on. So you have you have Amy Tan, yeah. You have Dave Barry, yeah. Who has somehow, despite despite all the horrors of the last 20 years, been permitted to live. I don't understand. <laughs> Scott Turow, Mitch Album, 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 yeah. I don't know. And others, and then some actual musicians. Right. Um, and they are terrible. They are yeah. the worst. They're playing basically just Mustang Sally over and over again. Mm, bad. And it's very loud. So you can't not... You can't hold a conversation. All you can do is stand there, dry, and and be bombarded with this this with this nightmare, or stand in the rain and still have to hear them, um, and and have a conversation, uh, and get wet. Um, I was able to uh, uh, so I sort of found some friends. Um, some poet pals, yeah. Major Major Jackson, Kevin Young, and Janine Capo Crusette, who Excellent. is a, a novelist who, who is from Miami originally. Went to Cornell. And, uh, did she? When yep. you were? Uh, uh no. She's a little young, younger she's, than us, but not super yeah, much younger. She's before my time as a as a teacher there, but um, uh, yeah, she's uh, she's oh, she's one of us. Yeah, uh, she's she's good, um, and this is her hometown. And uh, and then some other some other poets and uh, and some fiction writers and we decide that this is too much for us to handle so we're going to go back to the hotel and and have some more drinks which is fine uh, we're going to get there using the people mover which uh-huh. is a, uh, a a limited service uh, kind of elevated train that goes around downtown Miami into the hotels and we can't figure it out and we spend <laughs> a half an hour to an hour. Uh, either going the wrong way on this people mover or going around in a circle on the people mover and not realizing we were going around in a circle. 
um, and then uh, sort of turning on each other and a lot of yelling. <laughs> a lot of very dramatic. Some, some, you have to talk to some, some of the poet, the young poet named Jonathan Moody. Some good people. It's, 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 getting, it's getting pretty. Uh, my friend Malachi Black, Malachi Black, a fine poet who is a little anxious, was kind of losing his shit. Um, sure. And, and uh, he just watched Dave Barry play guitar. We were all a little traumatized. We were all a little traumatized. And as the people mover kept making it circle and going around and around, we would sort of hear them again as if we were, you know, going to be condemned, as if we had not understood the past <laughs> and we were going to be condemned to repeat it. Yeah. Um, but somehow we ended up back at the, uh, the hotel. Had, had some nice drinks, you know, yeah. had a couple beers, hotel, lobby, beers, uh, Sasha Hamon, um, Carl Great. Phillips. Aaron Man, Boulard, there's all know, these people I want to meet who you hung out with. It was, it was, it was, it was like, uh, yeah, it was great. It was better than it was like AWP without all the the bullshit and uh, and some people Damn. who would not go to something like that, you know. Yeah, it was nice. It was lucky. It was very lucky. Um, and then uh, sort of things were coming to a close, and there was a sky bridge between the Marriott and the Hilton, where I'm staying at the Hilton. And so I'm going to take the sky bridge because it's raining, like the Dickens outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I f- locate the sky bridge and I cross the sky bridge and I get to the Hilton and it's two in the morning and mm-hmm. the, uh, the <laughs> you were going to go to bed it's, early it's, it's, it's chained the entrance between the sky bridge and the Hilton is no. chained yeah and it looks like it might have been chained for a long time yeah there's no signage to indicate that so then I, I walk back across the sky bridge to the Marriott and the door is locked Trapped on a sky bridge. A no, drunk, not super drunk. You know, I get you know four or five beers and a couple shots. And, uh, <laughs> yes. I was ready to go to bed. Ready to go to bed. And I was thinking, well, I'm just gonna have to sleep here on the sky bridge. And then I saw um, there was a button. Yeah. And there was it was, it was connected to an intercom a couple feet away, and there was a piece of blue tape across the intercom, kind of a sign that's like not working. <laughs> um, so I pressed the button, and there's no voice or anything. But the door clicks open after a pause. Mm. And so I'm able to get back into the hotel. The wrong one. Well, this has been a 15 or 20 minute <laughs> uh, uh, Arthur C. Clarke 2001 sort of moment. <laughs> okay. And the Skybridge is like it's revolving or something. I, <laughs> so I finally pressed the howl button and got into the Bombay and uh, got back to the Hotel. I'm about to leave, and then I see I see a couple friends. I see Janine and Major are still kind of standing around, and and uh, and uh, I say, well, let's. Uh, I know of a bar that's open, <laughs> so we hop into a cab and we go to the corner bar. It was open till six or seven in the morning, all night oh. bar, and uh, we uh, we go there. It's late. Have a few more beers, and uh, turn around, and there's uh, Paul Giamatti and David Strathairn <laughs> sitting at the table next to us. And uh, they had done something at the book fair. They had like read letters from soldiers or something, uh-huh. and uh, and they were in high spirits. We were in high spirits, and so right. uh, there was a lot of. We said, "Oh, we were at the book fair. We we're at the book fair. What do you do? We're poets." Uh, like oh poets, Strathairn <laughs> recited some <laughs> Frost. <laughs> poets, yeah. And there's a lot of toasting and uh, high spiritedness and 
and uh, um, and goofy goofy talk, um, and uh, then uh, back back to the hotel about five. Great. Rating and finally, you ru- you ruin the mood by grabbing him by grabbing Jamati by the lapels and saying, "Why did you make that M Night Shyamalan movie? Why? <sighs> Which one did he make? Oh, the one with Bryce Dallas Howard and the the girl in the pool in the lake in the hotel. I can't remember what it's called. Didn't see it. Yeah, didn't see it. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't upbraid either of them for their choices. <laughs> I'm glad I bumped into you because I've got a bone to pick. Oh, Aside nice. from all the excellent work you've done, they seem savvy about books and, and poetry, and very good. And uh, it's a good little bar. All right, all right. I'm, I'm envious. I really am. I, I would like to go to a, uh, a gentler AWP with um, people who don't go to AWP at it. Yeah. I mean, there's no one on that list of people who uh, I would object to passing some time with. That's well, no, that's a lovely. It was group. a great list. It was a great list. And the group. the the uh, um, it's not just. Uh, I mean, it's nice to see like old friends and then and see some some people that you haven't met and are you think are interesting. That's great. Yeah. But the the, the net effect of of the trip was to uh, remind me of what I've been missing out on by not. Um being as engaged a reader as I used to be. Yeah. And like to think of myself as. Yeah. And that, um, that, and the way that that fuels, creates fuel or does not create fuel. So a lot of my life, I felt like I haven't been writing much. I haven't been very inventive or creative or articulate or mentally agile the last few years, which I've, mm-hmm. I've always, I thought it's just, well, it's just really just because all of my energy is going into taking care of a child which people have been doing for a thousand for since the first spark of life and managed to, to be productive. And I, I, I think the real thing is, is, is not, it's not that my energy is going towards Oscar. It's that I'm not making, not borrowing the time, not making the time to keep up um, as a reader. Yeah. And, and then, so the last, the last two weeks, it's been two weeks, you know, I've been able to, without neglecting my child, you know, finish a, a book every two or three days and the the writing is this is coming much more easily. Oh, and good! I just good. feel much better, and um, it's, it's fantastic. And I'm I'm uh, glad glad that I I feel like some log jam was broken by by the city of Miami. Wow! I I want I want my own Miami of a sort. I might I start yeah. my novel revision tomorrow, so my editor's yeah. notes should be coming in tomorrow, and I'm I'm turning oh, back okay. into a writer. How long do you think? Uh, how long are you giving yourself to? Well, I, at this point, the notes are so late that the the answer is a month and a half. Oh, um, yeah. so uh, but I think he would not. He would he would have prioritized it if um, there were a lot of work to do. Um, and I have kind of dug in on some of the stuff I don't want to change, um, and ha- and have the support of some some writer friends who who have agreed that 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 would be bad to change them. So, knock wood. But um, I, let's wrap this thing up. I'm going to go eat some food. Okay. Go eat some food. We'll talk to you later. All right, man. Uh, bye. Bye, John. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch?
right, it's time for lunch box with Ed and John.